just ask you this question. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word powerful? Just shout it out. Okay, we got, that's, that, you know, that might be something. What else? What, what, what did you say? Solomon. Okay. What else? Be real. What comes to mind when you hear the word powerful? Attention. Superman. What? <laughs> Batman. Okay, it's just basically Avengers, okay? Well, I know he's not Avengers, but like the whole comic thing, you know what I'm saying? I get it. That was a violation, violation, violation. You know, I get that. <laughs> what else? Come on. For real, just military. Okay, that's good. What else? What else do you think when you hear the word powerful, what comes to mind? What's the first thing when I said powerful, what came in your head? What was that? God? Oh! Wait, wait, Spartans. Did I hear Spartans? Did I hear 300 over here? What else? I heard something on this side. What did you say? God. Yes. Amen. Everyone say amen. Here's the deal. Many times when we hear the word powerful, we, we sometimes think of like great demonstrations of strength or rich people maybe, or it maybe, maybe miracles, signs and wonders and this type of thing, or like maybe even like dictatorship or some, you know, ru world ruler or something like this. But powerful, I want to make this clear. Powerful doesn't just mean like muscle strength. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, because if that was true, then I would be the most powerful person in the world. Anyway, <laughs> Powerful doesn't just mean muscle strength or miracle power or being a ruler or whatever. Check this out. Power means being in control of yourself. Yee. Powerful means that you are choosing to take responsibility and ownership of yourself. That's powerful. And we're talking about becoming powerful. We're talking about becoming people who actually have control of themselves. People who are in charge of themselves, people who choose to take responsibility for themselves, people who choose to be uh, uh, take ownership of themselves. Now, I'm not, now, don't mistake me. I'm not saying that you control other people. I'm not saying that you control God. I'm not saying that you control your friends or your professors. That may be a temptation. You know what I'm saying? Just Jedi mind tricks. You know what I mean? But like, I'm not saying any of that. I'm talking about being in control of yourself. That's how. That, that's how you become powerful. How many understand that that make, that uh, being powerful is is making a choice? Is not living a, like from blaming everybody else for what you're going through, but it's making a choice and make and taking responsibility for where you are in life today. It's making a choice to follow Jesus. It's it's make, you made a choice tonight to come to Summit. You, you made a choice to go to Cal State. You you made a choice to be friends with certain people. You you made a choice to go to the movies or not go to the movies. You made a choice to eat ice cream or maybe not, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you made a choice to eat organic or non-organic, you know, whatever it is, you made a choice to love or, or not love. You are a powerful person and you actually have the ability to choose to love or to shut that love thing off. You have the choice to be compassionate, to be selfless, to be giving, to be forgiving or to be encouraging. That's all up to you. It's all up to your choice. Look at the, look at the person next to you and say, it's up to you. And, and this is the deal. Instead of blaming others and being a victim to what everyone else is doing, how many understand that you hear people like, well, they made me do it. The devil made me do it. You know, like <laughs> gangster rap made me do it. You know, like whatever it is, <laughs> you know, like 
How many understand that is projecting all of the blame on somebody else so that you don't have to take responsibility for your actions? But like, they made me do it. No, you chose to do it. They made me punch them in the face. No, no, <laughs> that was your fist clenched into their face. You know what I mean? Like, they, they can't make you do that. Well, they made me call them that. They made me run them off the road. They, they made me yell at my professor. They, they made me betray my friends. They made me, they made me, they made me because their actions, wait a second, who's in control of you? You or them? Whoa. We're talking about becoming powerful. If you want to be powerful, then you have to learn how to be in charge of you. And can't, you can't just send blame on everybody else and what they've done and how I grew up and all this kind of stuff. How many understand that, that, you know, we don't always have power over what happens to us, but we do have power over how we respond. Like, I, we can't control everything that happens to us. I, I, I'm not in charge of you. You know what I'm saying? And you're not in charge of me. The only person that I'm in charge of is me. Are you with me? God's not even in charge of me. I know that sounds crazy. I know we said like, you know, Jesus is Lord, but how many understand that's a choice that you make to submit to the Lord Jesus? Because if it wasn't submission, then it would just be force and therefore it wouldn't be a choice and it wouldn't be love. <laughs> Powerless people play the blame game, but powerful people take responsibility for their present condition. You with me? Like when, when, we're, when we're living powerless lives, we're blaming everybody else for what's going on in our lives. But when you're living a powerful life, you're taking responsibility to get you out of point A and get you into the next thing instead of blaming everyone else while you're stuck. Amen. Have you guys ever heard this? I saw this in someone's house on a frame, but I love it. It says, failure to plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. You heard that before? Failure to plan on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Be like, homie, you messed up all your plans and now you're, acting me to, you're asking me to get all in a rush to do the thing that you want me to do for you. But if you would have done your part better, then I could do my part. But it, so you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you didn't plan well, it doesn't mean it's an emergency for everybody else in the world. You got to take responsibility for your actions. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, it's time to get powerful. I like this, I, you know, there's a guy named Danny Silk who a lot of this great teaching comes from. I, I was on it, you know, I, I'm friends with him. If you follow him on Facebook, he has all these cool things. Can you throw that first picture up? This is some of the things they post. I don't know if you're gonna be able to read it. Okay, actually it is coming good. He posts pictures on his Facebook. I just decided to share some of those. He says this, powerful people are not slaves to their instincts. Powerful people can respond with love in the face of pain and fear. Whoa. We're not a slave to our instincts, but we can actually choose to respond with love in the face of pain and fear. It's not like you're stuck, like when you're in a, a fearful or a painful situation, it's not like you're stuck to respond back and react uh, negatively. You actually have the choice on how you're going to respond in that moment. And so tonight, I, here's the deal, because this is huge, and I, I want us to go... Uh, a little bit back because we're talking about us becoming powerful, but I want to just zoom out just a little bit and realize that we have actually a powerful God. Like this isn't just something that, you know, a psychologist or some kind of church leader made up. This is actually who God is. 
We think God is all powerful. We know he's a signs, wonders, and miracles, parts the Red Sea, feeds people with bread from heaven. You know what I'm saying? Like calls fire down from heaven, all this kind of stuff. Amazing, I mean, feats of strength. But one of the most powerful things about God is that he chose to love us. He, he, he wasn't like, you know, all this moment in heaven going like, oh, crap, everyone sinned. I am mad because I am hurt right now, and I'm going to let them just sizzle for a little bit because they needed to get what's coming to them. He's like, no, 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 I'm choosing to love. God is powerful. And Ephesians 5 says this, in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, he says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Notice he said, gave himself, not I had to do it, so that's why I did it. It's like, no, no, I chose to give myself up for you. He gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But check this out. Verse 1 said, be imitators of God. We have to know who God is in order to imitate him. And tonight we're focusing on this part of who God is, that he is powerful. I'm going to say God is powerful. Listen, he chooses what he wants to do. God chooses what he wants to do. He's not insecure. He's not powerless. He doesn't react. He chooses what he wants to do. Like like God is the most free person in the entire universe because he's not handing out control to everybody else going like, you know, my actions are based on how you treat me. He's like, no, no, no. I don't care how you treat me. This is who I choose to be. That's freedom. You want freedom, get in control of yourself. (laughs) God is free. He's not obligated to do anything. He chooses what he wants to do. He's faithful because when he says he'll do something, he actually does it. That's powerful. It's really powerful when our yes equals yes and our no equals no. (laughs) It doesn't equal maybe. Or I'll try to. Powerless people always say, I'm trying to do that. No, no, no. I am doing it or I'm not doing it. I'm in charge of who I am. I'm in charge of what I'm doing. I will learn how to do this. I will work on this. No, I'm trying to. Trying to. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's just equal to, I don't really care, but I'm saying it because you want me to. You know what I mean? Like, I'll try. (laughs) You going to do it? Are you going to do it or not do it? No, I'm trying. No, no, just do it. (laughs) Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) And let me say this. This is the God in whose image you were made. You were made in in the image of a powerful God. You know, I've been sharing this a few times here and there, but this this week and and next week we'll go more detailed in this stuff. But uh, in Galatians 5.22... In 23, it shares with us what the fruit of the Holy Spirit is. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And now let me say this real quick, because some scholars believe that there's a colon at the end of love and says, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, and inside of love is all the rest of them. But you can decide what you believe. Either way, it's the, the, the words there are true. But I, I tend to kind of lean towards the fruit of the Spirit is love, and all the rest come out of love. But he says, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and and everybody, let's say together, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Listen, the fruit of God's Spirit is self-control. That means he has it himself first. Like he, he is, I'm, I'm just showing you this through scripture that God is actually in control of himself and he's, he, he is a powerful person. 
Like all this stuff, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all that is residing in the person of the Holy Spirit who is God. God is spirit, John 4, 24. God is spirit. And so here's the deal. We have to realize that this is the nature of God. The fruit of the spirit isn't just something that you need to, you know, work on producing in life. This is actually who God is. This is the essence and the nature of God. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness. And he actually has self-control. And when he makes you like him, then he makes you powerful again. When you, when you get the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, you actually become a responsible adult. It's powerful. Like, this is what Jesus came to rescue us from, ourselves. Like, our old self that was so selfish, that was so stuck into my sensuality and whatever pleasure I could get in the instant moment. Jesus came to rescue us from that, from, from having to always have to get the next, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next, you know, the next high, the next whatever it is, and you're, and you're just all stuck in all this stuff, living for constant pleasure, but, but, our, but it's just never satisfying. Having, you know, Ephesians tells us earlier in chapter 4, it says that, that these people have a continual lust for more, but they're not satisfied. It's insatiable. Just, it's just, you keep going and going, but, but the reality is, is that God, when he makes us like him, he helps us get in control of our appetites. When, when we lost, when we sinned against God and we disconnected a relationship with him, we lost control of ourselves. And people started living like animals and doing crazy things. And what I mean by that is just going wherever they feel. I mean, I understand that dogs, they don't think through things very well. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And, and they, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how graphic you, you know, need to get, but man, dogs make bad choices with, uh, you know what I'm saying. I don't know. I, I don't want to get vulgar. I'm just saying they're making babies in alleyways all day long. You know what I'm saying? They're, they just do crazy stuff. So what do you have to do? You have to neuter them on purpose so that way they don't come home pregnant and get, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then you've got a litter of dogs to take care of. You know what I mean? Because they just do whatever they feel like whenever they feel like it. Some humans live like that too. And the world is full of orphans. Because there's a whole bunch of irresponsible fathers who decided to just have some fun for a moment and they knock up a lady and she has to deal with, how, how do I deal with this kid now? You with me on this? I mean, I, I praise God that, that we get to get that orphan thing kicked out of our lives, get the Holy Spirit, start being in control and taking responsibility for who we are. You with me on this today? And so... Man, I just really believe that God, God actually doesn't control people. He is so powerful that he doesn't have to control you in order to feel powerful. <laughs> like, that's why there was two trees in the Garden of Eden. It wasn't like, uh, here, go in this garden and you have to basically choose me, you know. <laughs> it's like he put a tree of life and then he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said, Adam, here's the deal. That tree, you, you, you're free to eat of any tree in the garden except for this one tree. If you eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. And he gave him a choice. So that way it could be real love. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, love doesn't work unless you have a choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the way arranged marriages are just this struggle. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you are going to, you know, you, you've seen the movies. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm talking about. 
It's like arranged marriage, man. That just, this is like, oh, you're going to love this person. I ain't going to love him. You know? It's like, it just doesn't work like that. But when you have, you know, how, you know, quoting Justin Bieber, there's 7 billion people on the planet. And so there's a lot of options out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? <laughs> it must be true. It's in his song, guys. Come on. Listen, there's, there's, there's a lot of people out in the world. How powerful is it when you finally, you find the one and you choose to say yes to them? That's powerful because your yes to them means no to everybody else. That's a powerful thing. Come on. It's a choice. That Adam and Eve had a choice so that way love would be true love. But what I want you to see is that God wasn't there controlling them. And God doesn't want to actually be in control of us. Here's the other little slide from Danny Silk. This is what it says. It says, God is not afraid of our broken spots. His goal never has been and never will be to control us. And you can read that throughout scripture. And I just showed it to you right out of Galatians 2. If his goal was to control us, then why would he give us a Holy Spirit that gives us self-control? His goal is that you would choose and respond that you would choose to make him the Lord of your life, that you would choose to follow him all the days of your life, that, that when we're singing this, like, like Jesus Christ, you are my one desire. You know, we're saying that to love you with all my life, with everything, that's our choice. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing when you get to choose to say, Jesus Christ, you are my one desire. That's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing when I get to, to look at my wife in the eyes and say, you're my one and only. I get to tell her, she's, she's my one and only. Well, I get it, she's second to Jesus, but you know what I'm saying. She's the one and only. And every, you know, there's this verse at a Song of Solomon. Oh, we're going there. <laughs> it, says, it says, like a lily among thorns, so is my darling among the maidens. Uh, I think it's Song two verse two like a lily among thorns so is my darling among the maidens now think about this think about one flower in the midst of a bunch of thorns that's how every other girl to me as, as far as romantic relationship is concerned my wife is this flower standing out in a bunch of thorns and i get to look at her and choose because i'm a powerful person i get to choose and say you're my one and only She's a lily among thorns, so is my darling among the maidens. This is, how you get, this is how you become powerful is when you make decisions and you take responsibility for your decisions and you choose, you're powerful. And I'm talking about in this context, you know, with my wife, but I'm saying this happens in every single area. You chose to go to Palmar or, or Cal State or Miracosta. You chose to, you know, to, to go to, to church here tonight. You chose, and no one made you do any of this. You chose it. Because you, you can't, no one else controls you except for you. And so, man, I, I just know that God, God is into giving us ability to take control of our lives and make us powerful people. Because God is a powerful God and we're made in his image and he's making us like him. Ephesians 5 said, be imitators of God. God is powerful and he wants you to be like him. Oh, man. This, this, type, of, this type of talk like cuts at the heart of powerless orphan, like uh, blame game victim mentality. Because you can't blame anybody anymore. 
when you choose to be a powerful person, you can't blame anybody for what you're going through. You just can't. Hey, listen, we all have gone through stuff. We have gone, a lot of us have gone through actually really hard stuff. Like I'm talking about some stuff we couldn't control that happened to us. That was really damaging and, and, and all that stuff. But I, this, is, this is the gospel. The gospel is God took control and he, he, he put it back into you. Like he gave you the keys back. So you can take, take action with the gospel. Like he put you back in charge of you again. This is the gospel. He, he saved you, washed your sins away, put you in relationship with him and put his spirit inside of you. So you have the ability now to be in charge of your life and be a responsible adult. Ah, it's so good, man. It's so empowering. And so here's the deal. I want to just like, we're talking about our powerful God because I, I feel like, like next week we'll go more practical on what this looks like on a day-to-day basis for our lives. But I want us to look at God because he said, be imitators of God. And I want to understand this thing about God is powerful. Because you're asking me to imitate God, then I need to understand who God is. And so some things about our powerful God, the first thing is this, is that God made a decision to love me. God made a decision to love me. This is like probably one of my favorite verses, 1 John 4.10. It says this, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not that we loved God. He gives you a definition of what love is. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. It it wasn't like he responded to anything I did. It, 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 It wasn't that he responded whether I did something good or whether I did something bad. He made a choice to love me. You catching this? In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. He didn't make a choice based on how well you were doing, how much you were loving him first. He just said, I don't care what you're doing. You know, Romans 5 actually tells us that we were the enemies of God. And he said, I'm going to demonstrate my love for you. I'm going I'm I'm to send Christ and he's going to die for you. God made a decision. And in choosing to love me, he made a choice to send Jesus for you. In choosing to love you, he made a choice to send Jesus for you. He made a choice to die on a cross for you. He made a choice to lay his life down. Notice he didn't say, I have to. Powerless people say, I have to all the time. But Jesus said, I choose. I choose to. God made a decision to love you. John John 10, 18 says this. This is Jesus. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. Come on, it's different when you have to do something. Your attitude is different. Your motives are different. It's not real, like, it's not, if it's not really in your heart, it ends up being less meaningful. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like when I married Rochelle, I'd be like, well, you know, <laughs> I, Andrew, take you, Rochelle, to be my wife, because I have to. And I choose, you know, it's like, <laughs> I choose. I choose to. I make a decision to commit to Rochelle for the rest of my life. And Jesus, before I chose him, he chose me. You didn't choose him, but he chose you. And he called you out. He made a decision to love you. 
It's different, man, when you choose something that is impactful. When Jesus chose to love us, regardless of our performance, regardless of our condition, regardless of how well we were doing, that's a powerful thing right there. He chose us. He chose to send his son. He chose to lay his life down. No one took Jesus' life from him. So we're like, well, they murdered Jesus. We're like, no, not really. He gave his life up. That's a whole other story when you give it up. That's a whole other thing. We got to let the gravity of this settle in our hearts. Because until we really get, catch this part, we just think Jesus is, is just like some, you know, crazy master who just demands his lordship in our lives or something. When we find out that he willingly went to a cross, I was blown away when I found out. Like, it, like, read to me. I'm reading the scriptures, and I tell this story all the time because it's real, man. I'm telling you, I was reading scripture, and it dawned on me, like, he took my place. He didn't have to, but he did. Like, he didn't, you know what I'm saying? He didn't, he didn't have to take the nails. He didn't have to lay his life down, but he chose me. He wanted me. He wanted me. Desire is so much greater than necessity. It's a powerful thing. God made a decision. And that was the deal. In our perspective, I think sometimes choosing to love someone like Judas isn't that attractive. Amen. But the problem is, is that we think that way because of what Judas did. And there's the problem with that. The, the, here's, herein lies the problem. It's we, we Sometimes we determine our choice to love based on what other people are doing. That's why it's unattractive and, and almost seemingly impossible to love someone like Judas. Because a lot of times we base our ability to love on how people treat us. How many understand that's a powerless mentality? Because you are giving them control over how you love. Jesus chose to love Judas. When he came to betray him, he said, friend. Come on, man. People talk trash about you. They say things about you. They stab you behind, you know, stab you in the back, all kind of stuff. You, you get an opportunity to choose to love and be an imitator of God and be a powerful person. Or you can choose to react and say, well, they did this and they did this. They don't deserve it. Therefore, they're not getting it from me. My heart is shut off to them. How many understand that's powerless? Because you literally just handed all the control to them. And whenever they turn around, then maybe you'll turn your love back on. <laughs> I'm, everything I'm saying is not easy. I'm telling you, it comes by surrender. But I'm telling you, this is, this power, this is how you become a powerful person. You, you follow the example of a powerful God. And Jesus loved Judas when his, check this out, Jesus goes to this garden of Gethsemane to pray. And then these soldiers come to, to do the whole thing. That's when Judas comes up and betrays right to his face. And guess what? All of his disciples, what did they do? They stood, they stood there and fought for him. Yeah, well, Peter, you know, cut some dude's ear off. And then all of a sudden, everyone left. Can you imagine being in your most difficult time in life and all your best friends walk away from you. That's crazy talk. 
But this is what I love about Jesus is that he didn't be like, all right, that's it. I'm done. You know, I say like, I am done right now. All you fools just left me. This fool is betraying me to my face. You know, like, right, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I mean, like, angels come, you know what I'm saying? Right, let's let jack some fools up right now. You know what I'm saying? You cut, Peter cut your ear off. Watch this. You know, watch what's going to happen when Gabriel comes. You know, like, we're going to jack some fools up right now. He just, he kept going to the cross. For the very people who rejected him, he kept moving forward towards sacrifice for them. He chose to love them. This is, this is a powerful person right here who's in charge of themselves and what they want to do and not letting anyone else determine what they do. They're in charge of themselves. Jesus was so in charge of himself that in the midst of rejection and betrayal and sin and pain, I'm talking about the untold pain of crucifixion and fear. You, you got to know Jesus was a real person. That's a scary thing when someone's putting a nail right there. You know what I mean? And they're just beating you up and all that stuff. In the midst of all that, his decision was firm. I love you, and I will go to this cross for you. This is a powerful God. He said this, before he went through all this, he said, greater love has no one than this. And he lays life down for his friends. Who were his closest friends? The disciples who all ran away from him in his closest time of need. He needed his friends right there, man. He needed his family. He needed people to be with him. But he said, greater love has no one than this, that if you lay your life down for your friend, that's the greatest love. And so fulfilling his own very words, he went into a cross and took all the weight of shame and sin of the people who just ran away from him and rejected him. That's powerful. That, that, is, that is such a powerful person. Here, here's the next like, slide here. And this is such a powerful thing. You have the third one up there. Uh, sorry, not that one. The, the picture, the third picture, yeah. If you can read this. If not, follow Danny Silk on Facebook. There's dozens of these. We all experience broken trust in life, but it's up to us to not let those experiences damage our ability to create intimacy and relationships. Turning our hearts off will turn our goal into survival instead of connection. You turn your heart off, now you're just surviving through life. Jesus wasn't surviving when he went to the cross. He made a choice and he was determined. He said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Did he enjoy it? No, no, he endured it. But the reason why is because he made a decision and he's a powerful person and his yes equaled yes and his no equaled no. Number one was God made a decision to love me. You can personalize that for yourself. He made a decision. This is a powerful God. I'm telling you, you're like, yeah, he parted the Red Sea, but I'm telling you, that's, parting the Red Sea may be a little easier than loving sinners. <laughs> Personal opinion, okay? Because the Red Sea, you know how I say this is like, shaboom, you know, it's not like, boom, you know, it's like, hey, shoo, you know, like, it works, you know, blind eyes open, bing, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, hey, son, can you go do this? No, I'm good. 
You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's harder. The oceans listen to them a little better than people do. Because why? Cause, because they, they have a choice. <laughs> like blind eyes open, bing, you know, it's like it works. Son, can you do this? Like, no, I'm good, Lord. <laughs> it's like weird. I'm telling you, that's how powerful the love of God is. That's how powerful it is. He, he chose to love you, especially when you didn't deserve it. That's when you really need to know about the love of God. Not when you're doing well. You, you need to know the love of God when you're jacked up at your worst jacked up state. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when you need to know that he chose. Okay, here we go. We're continuing with this thought. Number two was that, that line that came up there. Jesus didn't minister to everybody every time. This may come as a surprise to some of us. But Jesus actually didn't minister to everybody every time. This is, here's a story to illustrate this. John 5, verses uh, 2 through 6, it says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which, in, which, is in, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. Verse 3, In these lay a great multitude, everyone say multitude, of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. So how many understand there's a lot of people at this place, and they all need some help? For an angel, verse 4, went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse 5, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Now, maybe we'll go into this next week, but... The, the story goes on, the, the long story short is that Jesus actually tells him, you know, pick up your mat and walk. And actually, he was actually giving a, an opportunity to be a powerful person while he was asking him that question. Do you want to be made well? Because when you read the next part, he goes like, well, every time the angel stirs the water, I don't have anybody to help me get into the pool. How many understand that's powerless th- thinking right there? Revealed the powerless heart because he's blaming everyone else on why he can't get to the pool. If I was him, I'd be taking a nap right next to that water. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like, angel, shaping! <laughs> you! <laughs> you know? I don't know about y'all, but I just got healed. You know, like, I don't know. I, anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what I would have been doing, but whatever. I guess when you're in a condition for 38 years, it has an effect on you. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt and just let him, uh, just, you know level with him for a second, but Jesus actually goes on to heal this man. But what we don't always realize is that he didn't heal the rest of the multitude that was there. Why is that important? (laughs) I'm glad you asked. Jesus led an example for us in how to manage our lives. AKA, we can't do everything. <laughs> just, just touch your neighbor and say, you, you can't do everything. You can't. Sorry. You can't. I know, but. 
Here's, here's a nugget here, okay? Sometimes well-meaning intentions can get our lives in a boundaryless mess of exhaustion. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes well-meaning intentions can get our lives in a boundaryless mess of exhaustion. Because we have to learn how to say yes and to say no. Jesus, come on, come on, man. He's walking by a multitude of sick people, blind people, lame people, paralyzed, and we all know he has the ability to fix that. Amen. He could do it. He could, he could do a Benny Hinn touch, you know, and the whole crowd just falls in the pool. Well, maybe not. They don't need to fall in the pool. They just all get healed. He could, he could do a wave. You know what I'm saying? He could do that. He's good at that. But for some reason, he chose, he picked one person out and he walked by paralyzed people. He walked by blind people. He walked by sick people because he wasn't about to be like living in this urgency. Everybody needs me and I need to be everything for everybody all the time. I got to do everything because they need me. (laughs) This is what powerful people do. You don't have to be everything to everybody all the time, everywhere. Yay! <laughs> this is called freedom. It might sound uncomfortable to some of us, but this is freedom. You don't have to be everything to everybody all the time. Jesus was it. He, he literally walked by a blind dude that he had the ability to touch and heal. But he, he decided, I, I got a father's leading me to this one. You with me? I don't know about you, but when I, I'm learning about evangelism, I'm learning, you know, when I'm growing up and learning about reaching the lost, I had this, like, religious spirit on me that I felt like if I didn't tell basically, like, everybody about the gospel, like, there was something bad, like, I was, I was in sin, I was messed up, man, I, I don't know about if you know felt this before, I would hear messages like, you need to preach the gospel, and then I'd be like, oh, dude, I'm at the gas station, this dude is right here, I don't, he might be going to hell, I need to tell him, it's all on me, huh? You know, like, I'll be freaking out. And then I'll be so freaked out, i just leave and drive home. You know, I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, but then it would happen to be like, I remember this actually happened one time. There's a, there's a, a clerk at a 7-Eleven. Now, here's the deal. You drive and go home, they're still there, which means the opportunity still awaits you. <laughs> and I would get pulled around by this performance thing. I'd be like, I have to preach to this person. I have to, have to, have to. I am a powerful person, though. So that means I don't have to. I get to, and I'm going to choose, and I'm not going to have to be everything to everybody all the time. Amen? We're like, I'll hear a message about fasting, and then I'm like, oh, crap, dude, I need to fast for seven days now. I have to fast now. You know what I'm saying? Like, or I would hear a message about uh, like generosity and giving. I'm, I'm, sit, I'm, I'm telling you, because in my heart, I wanted to please God. There's a, this, is a, this is a good intention, right? We, we have good intent. I wanted to please God. But I had this performance thing on that I had to do these things in order to, like, be okay with God or something. And, like, I remember I, I pulled up to my bank parking lot. This is when Chase was Washington Mutual, if you all remember those days. And I pulled up to the bank, and I was ready to empty out my savings account and give it all away because I thought that's what I had to do. Because I thought, like, I have to do this thing. And, and I just didn't. So I called, I called my pastor, and I was like, Pastor Darren, like, I, this is what's going on, you know. I'm, like, dealing with, like, 
Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commands. So if I don't do this, and I don't really love God, and the devil is a liar. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many understand that the devil knows scripture probably better than all of us in this room? Because he quoted it to Jesus. He just, he just quoted it out of context. And he's good at quoting things out of context, messing your head up. And that's what he was doing to me, man. So I called Pastor Dan. I was like, dude, this is what I'm thinking. He's like, dude, don't go home. You know, I was like, I'm like, yeah, I do that. You know, it's just, I just wanted you to see that I was generous and stuff. You know, I'm like, you know, whatever. I didn't say that. But I'm saying, sometimes we feel this urgency thing, like I have to be everything to everybody all the time. I got to do everything. I, all, ah. It's like, stop. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus, we don't live, listen, listen. We don't live by the urgency of people. We live by the word of God. Now I'm coming back around to Jesus didn't minister to everybody. I, I gave you some of those examples just to know that this type of thing can kind of translate itself in these other areas. But we have to learn how to say yes and learn how to say no. It's a powerful thing when you actually can say no too. Like, I can't do this or actually I'm not going to. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not making it. Love you though. <laughs> you know, like, and, and you are in charge of your yeses and you are in charge of your noes. And that's what a powerful person does. We can't blame anybody for our lack of time because we all have the same 24 hours. We all choose what we do with it, though. All of us choose what we're doing with the same 24 hours we have. And Jesus was powerful enough to not be a doormat that people get to do whatever they want with whenever they want. Jesus was powerful. Amen. This is good news. This is like freedom. And the third thing is this, is that Jesus chose to, chose to surrender to the Father's will. <laughs> Jesus chose to surrender to the Father's will. And we're going to land on this. Mark 14, 32 through 36. They went to the, a place called Geth Gethsemane. This is what I was talking about earlier. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. He's like, God, if there's any other way. <laughs> but this is what he says in verse 36. Abba, Father, Daddy, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus, in the midst of sorrow and facing untold pain, chose the Father's will. He didn't become powerless in that moment and say, I have to go to the cross. He chose to do the Father's will. And in the midst of a choice, he chose what the Father wanted. There's, he had a choice to walk away. You have to know this. Jesus wasn't a robot. He had a choice to walk away from it. But he chose daddy. He chose dad. I, I don't, I really, like, this is hard for me, God. Like, this is tough to make this decision right now. But you know what? I surrender to your will. 
And I, I just think that even if some of us in the room have these tough decisions, God's not making you do anything. Well, God made me do it. <laughs> no. You have the choice. You have the choice to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You, you have the choice. I mean, Napoleon Bonaparte, I've quoted this before, I love this. He said, you know, me and Charlemagne and Caesar have founded empires all upon force. But he said, but Jesus Christ has founded his empire on love. And to this day, millions are willing to die for him. I'm just saying, like, Jesus is the king that everybody wants. <laughs> it's like they all, they all forced themselves, you know, to, to take over the world. Jesus just gave his life and just demonstrated love, and people were like, I'll give everything for him. You know what I'm saying? And it's not because they have to, but it's because I choose to. And Jesus led such a beautiful example for us. He made a decision to love us. He didn't have to be everything for everybody all the time. And he surrendered to the Father's will. This is the God we're called to imitate. And God is calling us to become powerful like him. Amen. Uh, worship team, why don't you come forward and we'll have a time just to respond to this and and just give our hearts again. I'm telling you tonight, like this is, this is stuff that I want to. I want to tell you, this is stuff that I'm learning right now. To be honest, you know, sometimes you, you want to do messages where you're like, I, I get this, and I'm going to tell you something that I get completely, and I'm doing 100% complete. This is stuff that I'm learning, and I'm and and as I'm walking through life, I'm realizing that like. Oh, man, that was a powerless choice I just did right there. <laughs> and I'm catching myself, and I'm realizing, because now I'm aware of it. I believe that's what all of us get to do. We're like, okay, it's not just what would Jesus do. It's like, Jesus is powerful. And is this decision that I'm choosing to make right now powerful or powerless? Am I becoming a victim to everybody, or am I choosing to take responsibility for my actions? And I'm noticing throughout my days and throughout my life that, oh, wait a second, I turned into a victim right there. I'm not a victim. <laughs> Jesus set me free from, from that. You know what I mean? And so I want to pray for you guys. Let's all stand together and just, just put your hand on your heart for a second as we just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I we thank you that... You're showing us who you are. And God, that you're really powerful, not just because you do signs and wonders and, and that you created the universe with your words and, and you breathed out the stars and know them by name. Like that's powerful. But we, we just look at the aspect of you tonight that says you're powerful because you're in control of yourself. And like Paul urged us to become imitators of God, I, I pray that this would become the journey of our lives. That we could be like you and choose to love 
because you, the, the one commandment that we see the most in the New Testament, love one another. You gave us that. And you, God, I pray that in Jesus' name that you would help us to do that, to make that decision that you, by the Holy Spirit, you give us this thing, self-control, so we can, we can live this life for you and love one another. God, we thank you that for the freedom that says that we don't have to be everything for everybody all the time. And God, thank you. We get to choose to submit to you as Lord. And that makes our relationship so much more meaningful. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our hearts tonight. That you'd begin over this next week and tonight to help us identify some powerless mindsets, some orphan mentalities, some things we've been doing that we've been living like victims. And you help identify this stuff in our hearts tonight and throughout this week. And I thank you. You're the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. So show us how we can be like you. And tonight with our hearts, we say you are our one desire desire not have to you're you're our desire and we choose to be a generation of young adults whose yes is huge we choose you tonight lord in jesus name if you're here tonight and you haven't said yes to jesus I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to someone who will forgive your sins, who will wash you clean, give you a home in heaven, and empower you to become a powerful person. If you're here tonight and you need to say yes to Jesus, then I want you just to put up your hand right now, and I want to pray with you tonight. No shame in the game. It's just, it's just saying yes. We've all said yes. But if you're here tonight, I'm, just, I'm leaving just a moment for this. You're saying, yeah, I, I need to say yes to Jesus tonight. Just slip up your hand right now. It's your choice. Thank you, God. Ten more seconds. If you need to say yes to Jesus tonight, and you need to surrender your life to him. Amen. Gotcha. Gotcha right there, too. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's so good. Can we all just say this together as we join in prayer? And declare our faith, say, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and on the third day rose again to forgive my sins. So I receive your forgiveness tonight. I receive a fresh start tonight. I surrender to you as my Lord and my Savior. Holy Spirit, I thank you for self-control. I am a powerful person because you live in me and I have the ability to be in control of my life. In the name of Jesus.